Hello, and welcome to When I Found Grace podcast. Our question for today, what is grace? By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you saved. is grace and what is it all about because i think there's uh, a lot of confusion within uh, the church even within the body of of what grace is and i think the problem with that is because it's such a a broad idea it's it's pretty broad the idea of it is and uh and so some of those things i kind of want to clear up because these are things that when uh when i was exploring it when i was looking at it this is kind of what the lord put uh, me towards and, and where he brought me, um, out of where I was and in my, as I like to say, from my pit of despair. And so the question is, is what is grace? And, and so, uh, because of how broad it is, I'm going to try to break it down as, as best as I can. But what is grace? And I, I suppose that the simple and the simplest explanation and probably the widest accepted definition of it when you're using it in the, the church is this unmerited, undeserved favor from God. And, and that's kind of the basis of what we uh, live our life off uh, and from. You know, we're in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, it is by grace you have been saved. We know that we haven't earned our salvation. There's nothing that we have earned because it goes on to says, by grace you've been saved, not of works, lest any man shall boast. And so we know that grace is not earned, but it's an unmerited, undeserved favor from God. And so... Uh, that's been the most widely accepted and something that, yeah, I completely agree with, with what grace is. But it goes even, even more into that, I, I think, because, um, because now it's, it's like, well, in what parts of life and what aspects does it actually, uh, go into? And so, you know, the, the original words for grace, mo- most commonly in the Bible, uh, the first word in Hebrew is the word hen. Hen, and and so that's what uh, the Hebrew word that is translated into it. Uh, it's also translated into other things like favor and um, uh, things like that. Um, and then the Greek word is this word haris. Haris. It, it looks like charis, but haris is this uh, Greek word for it. And so, and that's that's the most commonly used one in the New Testament and translated into that way as well. And so, so those are those are the two words that we're we're primarily dealing with today, and what we're looking at. And now, um, I, I like some of the definitions that are uh, given to us. Um, in some of these commentaries, in some of these other uh, places that you could find, uh, the the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, I like how it uh, defines grace. Um, it says it's it's one of the distinctive features of the religion of the Bible. Uh, no other system of religious thought, past or present, contains an emphasis on divine grace comparable to that of the Bible. And so, automatically, we see this. Um, 
in the Bible and this idea of grace is something completely different than what other religions or other places have emphasis on. And so, so that's really neat. That's really cool. I appreciate that. Um, and then, uh, and then it goes on. It says this, it says, as a general definition, the doctrine of grace pertains to God's activity rather than to his nature. Although God is gracious, this trait of his nature is revealed only in relation to his created works and to his redemptive enterprise. In other words, grace is to be understood in terms of a dynamic expression of the divine personality rather than as a static attribute of God's nature. And and I love this part of the definition, again, from Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible. We see in the Bible, you know, a lot of times is where it says that God is love and, and but God isn't grace. God is, it's part of his nature. It, it's part of his nature. It's part of his, his character is in grace is to be gracious and to be graceful. It is a, an expression towards his creation rather than who he is. It's, it's an expression to us. And so more than, than anything, it's not who God is. It's a, an expression. And I really like that idea about that definition. Um, and then, and then I like this other one. Um, it's by Erdman's dictionary of the Bible. It, it says that th- these are terms indicating God's disposition to show favor toward humans and God's continuing loyalty towards those accepted into divine favor. And that's a great one because it, again, it's his favor towards humans. It's his, um, his loyalty towards those just because he has favor to them. And, and we see this all through the Bible, uh, throughout the characters that we read in, in the old Testament, uh, through the characters that we see in, in the new Testament, his, his grace is, is defined and given through these things. And it's really neat to see. Um, but, but speaking of, of biblical examples, there are, we read definitions, we kind of give these ideas of what it is, but, but I think really one of the best ways to define what grace is, is through the biblical examples that we see. And, uh, you, you go through the Bible and you can see this, this word and, and how it's uh, being defined, not not just by the words on a page or through a dictionary, but but by its how the Lord interacts, as it says here, His loyalty towards those uh, accepted into divine favor, and and this is His expression of the divine personality, um, and and so I really like that, and and so we're able to see grace being shown to us through these biblical examples, and because. Because grace is spoken of a lot, especially in the New Testament, the Bible speaks a lot about grace, uh, particularly in Romans and Galatians. Those both deal heavily with grace. And so if you're not familiar familiar with those two books, it's probably a good idea for you to go and, and check those out. But we'll talk a little bit about it as well today. Um, and then believe it or not, you know, the Old Testament, it's really riddled with um, stories of grace, a lot of people like to think that you have the Old Testament, the, the law, and then you've got the New Testament, grace. But when you look at the Old Testament, that's not it at all. In fact, when you read through Romans, it clearly defines God's grace given towards Abraham, God's grace given towards the patriarchs. And uh, in Hebrews, it talks about that in, in chapter 11, his grace been given 
to them. And so it's, it's a fascinating thing. And, uh, so we think about grace and when we see grace in the Old Testament, one of the, one of my favorite things to, to think about is that you say, well, we have law and then we have grace. But have you ever stopped and thought about, is the law actually grace that was given to the people of Israel? And, and the thing is, and think about this, is the law actually grace? Because think about how it was given. You see, the Israelites, they were a people who, you know, they had just come out of slavery from a, a pagan culture, from this Egyptian culture. They were, were the, the Egyptians worshiping all their gods. And they were in slavery. And they were there for 400 years. And so you could only imagine that this slavery, that this culture that they were enslaved in for 400 years had an impact on who they were and what they believed in the God that they knew. And so it's really neat to see. And I think about that. It's like, oh, they were there. I mean, they had this influence, a pagan influence, a lot of them for generations, and some of them would clearly by this point not even know the God of their fathers. And so here they were now free from slavery. God had brought them completely out of there. Um, but, you know, when they came out, they had no idea how God wanted to be worshipped, let alone they didn't even know who God was. And we can easily see that because remember when Moses, he saw the burning bush and, and God told him to go to, uh, deliver his people. Uh, Moses, he, he said, who are you, Lord? Who should I say sent me? And, and he didn't even know who God was. And he had just assumed that they're not going to know that as well. And so he, he said this and, um, and then God said, tell them I am that I am. And, and he gave him his name. And, and so Moses was able to go with that. But, but even here in the desert, they didn't know who God was. Now that they're free people in the desert, they didn't even know how God wanted to be worshiped. I mean, the question would be, well, should we sacrifice our children to appease his anger? Uh, should we, we cut ourselves for, for some kind of atonement of our sin? Um, sh- should they worship him by, by having, uh, prostitutes in the temple like many other pagan cultures had? Uh, how does he want to be worshiped? And, and so when God gave the law, it really answered these questions. It, it told them that those, those that, um, those things that they're thinking about, those things that they're talking about, those things, those questions that they would have that, that no, I don't want any of those things. He didn't want that. In fact, when you read through the law, you can understand and see that, wow, this is truly, truly grace that was given, you know, and, and so one of my favorite books is to go through the book of Leviticus and to look at it. And when you look at it in the eyes of grace, wow, it's really powerful. It's really neat. And so that's, that's kind of one of those exciting things. And I think one of those really, um, fun ones to go through. And I, I, I think, um, if you have the opportunity to go through Leviticus with, with this idea and this mindset. And so, but, but nonetheless, other than that, the story of grace and the ultimate story of grace that I think that there truly really is, is this story of Abraham. And you say, well, well, 
How is the story of Abraham a story of grace? I, I know that you, you know, and hopefully you know, it says in the Bible, it says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And so if, if you've read the Bible, you've read the Romans, you've read through Galatians, you've read through Genesis, you've seen this phrase, uh, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now the thing about Abraham is God came to bless Abraham and he started with that. And what's, what's amazing about it is that he came to bless Abraham and we don't know anything about Abraham other than his, his genealogy about where he came from and how he was this descendant all the way from Noah. And, and how did, how did Abraham of all people find this favor with God? Why did God want to bless him? It doesn't say that Abraham was this awesome dude. <laughs> it, no, it, it was actually not even that. It, it just always sees that the Lord called him out of his land. He said, Abraham, come on out. I'm going to send you and I'm going to bless you. And, uh, and he says, all nations are going to be blessed by you and through you. And which is uh, such an amazing thing. And we can talk about that later as well. But, um, but he just called Abraham. He called Abraham. And there was, there was nothing super spiritual about Abraham. And we see that in our own lives is that by God's grace, he called us. He called us to himself. And if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you know that, that God has called us out of our uh, world, out of our lives and into his grace. And, and so that's one of the beautiful things, already a picture of grace and a picture of salvation. And now many people just like to stop there and think that, well, okay, now that we have grace, okay, now I've got to earn God's favor even more. If I want God to continue to bless me, then I have to continue doing or I have to start doing things that are uh, pleasing to him to get uh, this grace or to get this favor. And uh, that's how I grew up. And that's what I always grew up believing. That's what I always grew up thinking. And... and Quite honestly, that's actually as far from the truth as, as you can get. Now, now the Lord wants you to be obedient. He says through his law, he says, he says, you know, to listen and obey, to be holy for I'm holy. Now this word holy is just to be set apart. The Lord wants us to be set apart from this world and from the other cultures. But for the Lord to, uh, for us to say that, oh, the Lord doesn't want to bless me because I did this or I did that is as far from the truth as you can get. And the reason why is because we look at the story of Abraham and we see him being favored by God, being blessed by God, regardless of what he did. In fact, when you look all the way through the New Testament or the Old Testament and all the men that God used in mighty ways, sorry guys, they were not these awesome stand up, um, guys that, that were like, oh man, I want to be like this person. You know, the only reason we want to be like Samson is because Samson was, uh, super strong, right? But, but the, the Lord, the Lord, he was, he was found righteous because of, of his faith that we can only assume that because of Hebrews 11 is that he was a man that God called and God used and God blessed him. And, and it, he, he was obedient to this point of where, okay, he said, don't, don't shave his head. And they never shaved his head. But then when he did, but even then God still used him to, um, to bring, uh, Israel out of, uh, out of where they were and, and, to, um, 
to bring them out of their despair. And so it was, it was really neat and, and cool to see. But, it, you know, David, I think of David, you know, God says, he tells Samuel, he says, I want you to find a, a, a I'm going to send you somewhere where there's a man, a man after my own heart. That's David. That's David. And so he calls David a man after his own heart. But David, he was a man who committed adultery. He was a man who committed murder. He was a man who took advantage of uh, the property and and the position he had in Israel as king. I mean, he was not perfect by any means. And, and so we see that and we understand that. And it's really um, mind-blowing how the Lord uses that and how he did use it um, for his glory. And so um, one of the things that, that I want to take a look at is this story of Abraham. How does this story of Abraham correlate with our idea of faith or, or of grace? And, and how does it, does it work? Because man, I want to work. I want to live my life in grace. And so many times us as Christians, we, we think that I'm saved by grace. In fact, I've seen some commentators write that grace is favor of God, undeserved, unmerited for salvation. And, and I really hate that definition because it says for salvation and it ends it there. And, and that's not how I think that the Lord wants us to view his grace. And so next time that we're together, um, I want to explore this idea of grace even more. Grace that goes beyond salvation, beyond salvation. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited for it, and I hope you are too. So um, God bless, and you guys have a great week. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have